Machine with Slim is back. I know you've been waiting. Wondering, what am I going to say to start the show today after my incredible prediction from yesterday, where I told y'all many times the Michigan Wolverines were going to win the national title, and that's what happened. Boy, in the first quarter, it looks like they were going to win by a billion to zero. But then, man, Washington, they got some heart on that team. And that coach, I don't know a lot about him. Honestly, I don't even know his name. But I might look at him as an eager or a worthy replacement for Bill Belichick if we end up uh, getting rid of Mr. Bill. This guy in Washington knows how to coach. You just watch the, the, the defenders. They know how to tackle. And in the first quarter, like I mentioned, Michigan had steamrolled through running lanes for long gains and touchdowns. Well, then he just changed his defense and crept everybody up. And I was really amazed with, with the Michigan Wolverines. Like, they didn't try to test things down the field very much. They really just kind of sheltered J.J. McCarthy. And it makes me wonder, like, obviously the dude's a winner. Is he going to be an NFL quarterback? That, that question was not answered for me last night, even though Michigan wins the game, as I had accurately predicted. I will tell you, everybody, I almost came out of retirement yesterday. I have... Uh, Made it my New Year's resolution not to place a bet on sporting events in the year 2024. I I announced that on the show the other day, and I've held true to it so far. But last night was a test, baby. Last night, I I almost went to the neighborhood facility to place a wager, money line, on the Michigan Wolverines. Because I was just positive they were going to win. I just loved their attitude. You could see the energy against Alabama. In the end, I didn't end up doing it. I said, nah, I'm just not going to do it. And I got a story to tell about that. But before I go down that road, the story I would like to tell you people is I've been tracking some of the data and the ratings for the Sports Machine with Slim. The, uh, especially the downloadable versions, when you can go and listen to any of our past episodes, it tracks it online, how many people are watching. Well, For the shows that I've been putting together over the last five weeks, the number one most downloaded show was one we did with Mitty a week ago. Yeah, last Tuesday. You may be listening for the second time in in a a week or two weeks. You may be listening for the 30th time in the last month. But Mitty came on last week, and a lot of people followed him. I, I will say, since then, we have done a WKXL Spotlight episode where the Hampstead Men's Masters Basketball League has moved into first place with the most downloaded listeners. So props to Hampstead Masters Basketball. But back to Mitty. He's in the, he's in the studio today. And I'm going to welcome him into the show because when you bring success to the WKXL Airwaves, we want you back for more. So thank you for coming back in, Mitty. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a pleasure, man. Right on. So I want you to come in with some hot takes here. I know you were watching some sporting events last night, and you got some notes. It's it's awesome. He's coming in all prepared. He's got typed out sheets. I'm like, hey, are you gonna read that stuff? Or are you gonna go off of it for for notes? So I would like to ask you a little bit of a follow up on my, my gambling question. Do, do you have a New Year's resolution that, that you made for 2024? Actually, I do. Um, my my New Year's resolution was just to uh, to not drink wine anymore, um, which. I think is a really nice resolution. I just, uh, just, just to be healthier and take better care of myself. But uh, you know, it's funny you talk about that that story that you had. Um, I actually had one uh, a couple weeks ago where my my wife went and cashed a scratch ticket and came home and she had ten dollars too much. So I brought it back to Hannaford's and I handed them the money and I came home and I said, "Hey, 
Megan, uh, I returned that money to Hannaford. She says, oh, well, I didn't buy it at Hannaford's. So I went and I got the money back from Hannaford's, and I brought it to the store, and I gave it to the mobile station that it originally came from. But I haven't gotten my due payback from it yet, but karma's coming. I'll get mine. This is where sometimes, yeah, just doing the right thing is, is misguided. And in situations where involving scratch tickets, I'm sometimes okay with saying, okay, hey, I got an extra 10 spot out of it, which it doesn't happen very often, but it's like, hey, whatever. I'm just going to keep it. You took the time to spend $10 in gasoline to drive back to <laughs> the uh, facility. You said Hannaford back to the place to actually give them the money. And what, you went to the courtesy counter or whatever they call it and said, oh, okay, here, here we go. How'd that yeah. work? Um, I don't know. There's just something about when, when you get that extra money, somebody gives you the wrong change or somebody counts wrong. As much as it's great to have that and look down and say, ah, I got a free 20 bucks or 50 bucks, whatever it is, you know it's going to eat at you and eat at you and eat at you. Well, especially if it's out of somebody else's pocket. Like Absolutely. With, with, yeah, when you're dealing with somebody who's working a cash register and, you know, they're looking for their balance, their draw to be on point at the end of the night. And sometimes if it's not, they have to cover the difference out of their own cash. So 100%, for, for the most part, you're looking to, to do the right thing on, on in the moment. But when... A half hour or an hour has settled, and we find $10 extra overpaid. I mean, there could be, hey, maybe I made a mistake and I counted wrong. No? I can just, just sure. justify by you keeping know, that extra If 10. you find it and there's no way to know where it came from, then I think just go ahead and toss that right in your pocket. But I don't know. If you know where it came from and you know that somebody made a mistake... I don't know, it just feels good to, to give it back and make sure they feel better, too. Okay, so let me ask you this then, Minnie. And we're totally going off the sports talk stuff <laughs> here today with the Sports Machine with Slim. We have somebody else in the studio, so I just get random uh, going on different topics. So let me ask you this. You walking down the street in a parking lot, you find a wallet, and it's packed with credit cards. There's a license in there, and there's, let's say, you, you look at the cash. Like, oh, man, there's 800 bucks in there, and mostly 20s couple tens. Do you take that wallet inside to whatever location it's at, whatever business parking lot, do you take the wallet in or do you take any cash out of the wallet first wow. and then bring the cash, bring the wallet in? Because if I lose my wallet, I'm just happy nobody stole my identity. Yeah. I don't even care if the cash is cleaned out of it, honestly. But I'm just wondering what type of a person are you? You're probably giving everything back, aren't you? Well, this is going to sound scripted, but <laughs> that exact scenario that you just said happened to me at Home Depot in Salem, New Hampshire. How much? I found a wallet that had about eight hundred dollars. Stop cash. it! I swear to God, I was doing a roofing job. We stopped for some supplies, and I found it on the way in. Eight hundred bucks, and I actually did bring it back in and give it to the desk. I looked and saw there was an ID in there, and I brought it in. And this is what I—that's I, I, so interesting that that's how things go, Minnie. Because we didn't talk about this at all beforehand. I was going to talk about sports. I was just going to keep patting myself on the back for my incredible Michigan Wolverines take, and then hop into the Celtics and the the, the complete. Complete like, tra train train wreck, yeah. just derailment I job they got from the refs last night. Like I, I'm still, I, I, we're gonna talk about this in the second episode. But I'm I'm furious and, and lit up about this. But we're gonna go ahead. What do you what do you think about so far? <laughs> I, I just I gotta I can't believe that you found a wallet with eight hundred dollars right after I just said the story. It's almost like there's a bigger thing going on here, and that relates back to me with the not gambling because last night, late in the night, I'm on Twitter. And I ping a fellow by the name of Charles Hoskinson. For people that don't know, he's the founder of a major cryptocurrency called Cardano. And that's the eighth largest market cap coin in the world. This dude is incredibly smart 
and does lots of stuff inside and outside of Cardano. He's my number one influencer. Well, I had seen last night that he was engaging with somebody on a topic back and forth. And there was only like two people involved in this, this chat. So I send in a quick message to him. And I'm a nobody on Twitter, just so you people know. My social media game is very weak. But I jump into action. Hey, Charles, um, I host a radio show in New Hampshire. And I'd love to have you on the airwaves to help me bring crypto to the masses. Would you have any, w- any way I could get you to come on my show and talk to the people? Sure. He gets back to me within one minute. Sure. Follow up with and gives me an email of somebody to help set up the, the follow-up interview. And I'm just like, wow, that was on the day I didn't make that bet. And I think I got rewarded for kind of holding true to my New Year's resolution and doing what I know was right, even though I missed out on making some money last night, Mitty. Am I reading too much into this situation? Of course not. No. Um, I, I, think that, uh, I think that when it comes to... To, to crypto, I, I'll be honest with you, I really don't know anything. I don't have a single investment. I don't have a retirement started yet. I mean, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just not in the game. I'm going to be talking to you about crypto and how you build the retirement about this. But oh, I'd love to. All right, so we're going in all kinds of different directions today, people. While we're going random style, I will tell you, we're going to be giving away a free lift pass to Loon Mountain. That's going to happen today. We're going to talk about the Celtics. We're going to talk about the Bruins. Mitty here is my guest in studio. He's going to be here for the entire hour. He's all jacked up. He's got notes prepared. And he, he's going to bring some, I think, companionship for me. Is that the right word? Companionship? Because I, I'm telling you stories about finding wallets with 800 bucks in them, and you're telling me it actually happened to you. So there's something special going on here. Well, I drank a Red Bull, Jim, so I'm ready to go. <laughs> Let's dig into the no wine thing, because I drank some wine Sunday night and wasn't feeling too hot Monday morning, but I do still like wine. You, uh, what's... Oh, I love wine. Red wine. And uh, I enjoy it very much, but uh, I actually just got diagnosed with my first ulcer, and uh, I'll tell you, <laughs> everything hurts. I'm getting old. I'm falling apart. I... So let's just take better care of ourselves and try to stick around for a while. He's on the radio to tell you people about his ulcer. I love it. We're going to be coming right back here. WKXL Radio. It's 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester, nhtalkradio.com. We're coming back to talk Jalen Brown and the Celtics. Machine with Slim and Mitty. Today, let me start out this segment by reading to you a paragraph I see on ESPN about the Boston Celtics and their 133 to 131 defeat at the hands of the Indiana Pacers last night, a team that they had beaten two days or two nights earlier. Talking about Jalen Brown. Brown thought he was headed to the line for potential game-deciding free throws after officials whistled, but he healed for a foul, with the game tied at 131 and 3.2 seconds remaining. But a review overturned the call and awarded possession to the Indiana Pacers. So people that did not watch last night, Jalen Brown, I think, had 40 points on the night. Incredible night. We give the ball to him to try and go win the game. It's tied at 131. He makes a move to the right, gets to the baseline, 
rises up to shoot with about three to four seconds left on the clock. Kind of double pumps a bit in the air, but while he's at the top of his leap, the Indiana defender, Buddy Hill, comes in and clearly whacks him across the back of the head. And a foul is called by the ref. So Jalen Browns, hey, I got hit in the head right away. He says, I got hit in the head. I'm going to the line. Well, the Indiana defender's like, no, no, I didn't foul. Their coach throws the challenge flag, which in basketball is a non-existent thing. They just, whatever they do to signify, they want to challenge the call. And it's going to be reviewed to the NBA center. I'm sitting there going, there's no possible way that this thing could ever come down. You need conclusive proof that... It, he didn't get hit in the head. It was conclusively, obviously, ridiculously clear. He got whacked right in the head. Scalabrini was on the, the Comcast or whatever. The, uh, <laughs> and he, he's saying the same exact thing as me. They come back. They overturned the call. Mitty, what was your reaction at that time? You were watching the game. Oh, I was, I was PO'd, to say the least. Um, he, he got hit in the back of the head. And it was a terrible call. The Celts were on a seven nothing. The Celts were on a seven nothing run. They were really, really playing nice. The momentum was there. He got hit on the back of the head. The, the call gets reversed. And what's even worse than that is right after Kristaps Porzingis gets called for the foul on the other end. They replay that. He didn't touch the the, the player on the Pacers. Are we sure? I kind of thought Porzingis might have hit him. I, I didn't. I, maybe maybe it was a small touch, but it certainly wasn't as bad as that hit to the head on Brown. If you're reffing the game, call it and, fair. Exactly. You would not. You make the one call down here. You certainly wouldn't like double down and go on the other side with the touch foul. You try and even things out if make you want things to be fair. Absolutely. And you know what happened this morning? I don't know if you heard. Well, it was last night. I'm hearing it replayed this morning that. Jalen Brown says, I think there should be an investigation into what happened last night. And I totally agree with him. I mean, listen, can you come on the radio and say that the NBA is, is fixed? I, I, is that allowable? Can I come on and say that? Because Tim Donahue told us all it was fixed years ago, and nobody seems to care. If you watched the game last night, there is zero chance you could possibly overturn that call. And guess what? You know what the spread was on the game last night for the betting people, Mitty? Oh, I don't. Um... Indiana was getting three and a half points. Okay. So the ref on the court makes that foul call. The game's tied. Even if the Celtics go and hit two free throws, Indiana still covers the spread. So the betting people would win the game. And you say, oh, well, you know, how does that matter? And what's the impact? Listen, when stuff like this happens, are you going to tell me the refs that are refing that game have never told anybody that, oh, I think this team might win. I have some control over whether or not they're going to win. You might want to be able to make some easy money by going and betting on that team. Does that sound like a totally outlandish possibility? It doesn't. And, uh, you know, a lot of people do think that that's something that's going on. Um, I, I've heard a lot of chatter. I like to stick with the, the, the pure feeling. You know, I like to think that my sports <laughs> are for real, but... That's the man know. who tur- returns wallets with 800-plus in them. <laughs> but you see, you see plays like that, calls like that at the end of a game. I mean, I was typing my notes for today, and I had already written, with 3.2 <laughs> seconds left on the clock, Jalen Brown seals the deal with, a, with, with foul shots to, to make the game, and I was ready. I had to backspace, backspace, backspace. <laughs> Apparently that call got overturned, so we're rewriting those notes. That's, that's some solid work, work right there. I'm going to tell you what, I think we have somebody on the phone line, so the, the camaraderie here is going great back and forth. We're going to see how we do with the triumvirate, but no, we're not. 
somebody hung up the phone, which is good for me because I get to hear myself talk and you more, Mitty. Read, read to me some more of your notes. I kind of like what you well, put together there. I had some interesting things that I noticed last night, and uh, one, of, one of them was uh, on the Indiana Pacers, Aaron Neesmith, who used to be a Boston Celtic. He was a thorn in their side last night. He made some really nice defensive plays. He, uh, he, he did uh, put them up by five with about, what was it, about 10 seconds left in the game with a nice little fallback. And, uh, you know, the Celts came down and they, they tied it back up again, only to go into that crazy little mess that we dealt with at the end of the game. But, I mean, that was a really crazy last maybe three, four minutes of that game. Indiana plays with a lot of heart. You saw intensity. In the, yeah, yeah, in the in-season tournament against the Celtics, you could see how jacked up they were. And they lost their best player last night in the second second quarter. Tyrese Halliburton goes out with an injury. And did you, you just, see it? The, he did uh, yeah. a full split. Yeah, let's hope he's all right, because I, yeah. I really like that guy. I love the Indiana Pacers team. I love Rick Carlisle, former Celtic. I love him as a coach. He's done a heck of a job over there. He did with Dallas uh, back in the years before, and then he's in Indiana. He's building something special, and that team, man, they, they just flat-out compete. And Aaron Neesmith's like watching him. It's like, dude, you don't want to play against that guy. No. He gets all fired he up. He is an athlete. I mean, he is... A fast, high-jumping, uh, quick guy. And, and you know, he's starting to develop into a little bit of a shooter, too. De- definitely. He was a shooter back when the Celts drafted him. But I think the speed of the NBA game caught up to him initially. Like he, And this is what I've told people about Sam Hauser and Peyton Pritchard. When you start playing big minutes in the NBA and you start getting tired... Well, you don't just sit around waiting to be past the ball and then shoot threes. You're running on defense. You're competing. You're coming off picks. And your adrenaline is all jacked up, too. It takes a while for you to get used to how do you play in those situations. And Sam Hauser and Peyton Pritchard are showing that growth this year big time. But Aaron Neesmith just needed a few more years. He's, he's a legit talent. I would not be leaving that guy open from three midi. No. No, absolutely not. Um... Actually, yeah. Uh, speaking of speaking of great plays, who did you mention last week that you really like on the Celtics? And maybe their original team would love to have him back. Derek White. Derek White. Did you see some of the plays that he made last night? I also saw he was one for nine from the field. He in wasn't the first shooting. Half. I wasn't too happy. But about defensively, that. The, the Pacers had a two-on-one fast break. Derek White by himself. Jumps off the ball at the last second, goes straight up, both arms straight, makes the block. And again, I'm thinking, all right, that just sealed the game. We're going to come down. We're going to take the lead. We're going to seal the deal. But no, again, we got those bad calls. Two minutes left in the second quarter. Let me refer to my own notes here, Mitty, as I compete against your list over there. Very impressive. (laughs) No contest. Two minutes left in the second quarter. Derek White successfully defends a two-on-one. Jalen Brown follows up with a huge first half. 25 points, 11 for 14 from field, 2 for 2 from the 3. Peyton Pritchard was 4 for 4 in the first half, 3 for 3 from 3. Guess what? Second half, know know what my notes say to start out? Does anyone in the league get blocked on a dunk attempt more than Jalen Brown? (laughs) He always loads up and it's like, dude, you're too far and you're trying to go through somebody and he gets swatted. It seems like it doesn't scare him. I don't know why. It's almost like... It's almost like he goes into a windup before he jumps. It's like, hey, everybody, check it out. I'm going up if you want to get your hands on this. <laughs> really, right? It's a big warning shot to everybody. It's like, no, 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 Jalen, you just got swatted like two games ago trying to do that same exact thing. He tried to do it last night, and what happened? You get blocked. It's a huge momentum lift for the other team when they swat the crap out of the highest paid player in the NBA. Yeah. Jalen, maybe stop trying to put people on a poster and just like dial it back. 
just a little. I, I love Jalen Brown. Great game last night. He's starting to learn. Make a quick move. Rise up. Don't be fiddling and diddling with right, the ball. Well, Jalen Brown's one of the best, you know, mid-distance jump shoot uh, jump shooters in the game. That guy from from eight to twelve feet, he doesn't miss. But he wants to look good, and he wants to prove why he's getting that big contract, I think. I, I feel like, I don't know that he wants to look good, I, uh, but there's something with him where just mentally he isn't sure of what his strengths are. Yeah. And he just needs to be programmed to just do what you're awesome at. Your step back, your fadeaways, he hits like 15-foot fadeaways like they're going out of style. It's like nobody else in the NBA is hitting that shot, and when he takes it, I'm like, ugh. But it goes in. But he is. He's an elite scorer. He really is. And he's a great defender, too. He just needs to know to stick within the game plan, kind of like what you're saying. He he, and he does so things. many things so well, and he's got a few weaknesses. So just do what you do well. Finish things, too, Jalen Brown. You can't be like doing the you're too small stuff to Steph Curry, and then Golden State comes back and wins. Last night, Jalen Brown's having a great first half. He's doing the hand signals. He's doing this type of stuff, talking trash. But when it came down to the end, dude, we're losing. You have to change the mindset to understand. Talk your trash after the game is over. Yep, absolutely. I agree so much. So we're not over with the Celtics here. We're going to carry that all the way through the end of the segment because I, I love to. I love the Porzingis post-up option. Oh, right? yeah. He's money. You get the ball in there 10 feet. But I will say T.J. McConnell took him to the hole like three or four times. The guy, dude, 6'1", and... Porzingis 7-2, whatever. He gets larger by the day. But he was getting schooled by the little guy last night. I think he might be 7-12. It could be by the end of this show. This is NHTalkRadio.com, everybody. The Sports Machine with Slim, New Hampshire's next generation sports talk radio show on WKXL. It's 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester. We'll be giving away lift ticket to Loon Mountain. Come back. Bye. With Slim. What time we got here? 10.35. Seems like a reasonable time to give away free lift ticket to Loon Mountain. So, if you're out there in the listening audience and you want to call in, 603-224-1450 is the number. 603-224-1450. Andrew is the man behind the glass back there. We'll answer the phone. For the first person who calls and gets through, I'm going to let him do his thing. 603-224-1450 is the number. Meanwhile, Mitty and I, here on the Sports Machine with Slim, are going to talk about the Bruins and the Colorado Avalanche game from last night. Big night for Brad Marchand. Big night for the Bruins. Big night. They, they were down 3-2. to two. They get a uh, tie-in goal from Brad Marchand to tie it up at 3-3. Three to three. And... Then the battle was on, baby. I think the last eight minutes of the third period. Mitty, did you get to watch this game last night? I stayed up to watch the entire thing. I didn't get to stay up and watch the Bruins. That's all right. We, Mitty did not get to stay up to watch the Bruins. I need to hit his microphone button, people. Do you understand out there, if you're listening to this radio station right now, I need to be better at putting my man Mitty's microphone on because he's speaking into 
You want to hear this beautiful voice. That's what you want. That's what I want to hear. You getting right into that microphone and delivering some critique of me as a host. I I need to be taken down a few pegs, believe me. (laughs) Are you the person to do it? I don't know about taking you down a few pegs, but I certainly am trying to learn a few things from you. Well, there we go. Let's see if I can teach you. I can teach you about the Bruins last night. Like I said, eight minutes left in the game, tied at three, and boom. All the way through, we got a scoreless rest of the third period. Go into overtime. Swayman was in net. Made some amazing uh, saves last night to keep the game tied at three. He really stood on his head for my money. And that's why I kind of like keeping the two goalies together on this team and hoping we can build from there. But we go into overtime, no scores. Then we got the penalty shootout. Do you like penalty shootouts in the hockey game, Mitty? I'll tell you right now, um, hockey's out out of the major sports, hockey's... You know, down maybe third or fourth on my list behind this, definitely behind the Celts and the Pats. But for my money, I got to be honest, there is nothing more fun than an overtime shootout. You know, just just one on one, who's got it? You're gonna do the Mighty Ducks triple deke. You're gonna right. <laughs> you know, you're gonna go back in. You're gonna go around the crease. What are you gonna do? Let's get the game over with. For me, that's where it's like, okay, hey, we've been tied for this amount of time. Nobody's been able to make it happen. Let's give the fans a big rah-rah show at the end and get it over with. Well, we actually did wait till the very end, just so you know. We went back and forth with the penalty shots. First goes DeBrusque for the Bruins. Kind of a weak attempt. They, in fact, didn't even get the shot on goal. Colorado's goalie just reaches out, swipes the puck away. Then comes in Charlie Coyle, who has been money in recent weeks, and I know put in a real fancy... Um, overtime uh, shootout goal a couple weeks ago, but last night didn't have it, missed the net on it, the second attempt, and still it's zero for both sides through two. Then the third guy comes out. It's Pasternak. We're hoping he's going to do something midi. He tried to go five hole and just like a slow, weak shot right on the ice level, and the goalie just was like, no, 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 see you later. Nah, no. you got to step it up in these moments. Like, when you're doing a shootout at the end, you you got fans that are absolutely freaking out. That is your time to do your absolute best. Agreed. And guess what? The Colorado guy comes out, he does his absolute best, boom. He drains it. Swayman couldn't couldn't make the big stop at the, the end on that one, but hey, listen, Swayman ain't to be blamed. The Bruins go on the road at Colorado, play one of the best teams in the Western Conference, show heart, desire, they fight through things. They make it happen. For one point, they get the overtime loss or whatever it is, the shootout loss. But we'll take that and move on to another game tonight for the Bruins. The Bruins has been in the stretch. They're in a stretch right now where they play 10 games in 17 days. So at the Coyotes, they play tonight. This is the type of road trip where teams either come together or start to show cracks. And last night's game, Mitty, I'm showing, I'm, I'm seeing the Bruins are coming together. I, I'm starting to really think we're going to have some fun in the spring months with this team. Absolutely. I mean, there's, there's no shame in losing in a shootout. You know, I mean, it's, it's exciting. It's fun. But you got there in the first place. You fought to get there. You, you kept it tied at least. You, you give it everything you got. You're not going to win them all. That's it. You're not going to win them all. But Swayman, we would like to see win some of these games because he lost the game when we came back. Um, a little, uh, what, four nights ago against Pittsburgh, and then Linus Elmar comes in, we beat Tampa Bay, and then last night we get another loss for Swayman. So I'd imagine that Elmar will be in goal tonight. These two guys going back and forth. Swayman, you gotta, you gotta win some games, or else you might be on the trade block when the trade deadline comes oh, up here. And you know who else needs to step it up? 
Who we've been talking about on the Bruins? The Shattenkirk. Where is he? Come on, let's let's get back. Let's have another one of those two goal nights. I'd like to see. I love some good Shattenkirk. I think he, he's been a guy I've been following here over the past couple of weeks, especially, and has made some big plays. But last night, yeah, I didn't see well, anything. Either. Last week, I said, don't say Shattenkirk on the radio. Now I'm saying scream that name. But let's let's say it louder. Let's get him back. Let's get some goals. Love his name. Love Shatt- his game. Shattenkirk. Kirk. You got it. Let's do it. So let's go with the Bruins tonight. I'll be staying up late again to watch that game. Not I, me. I stayed up last night to watch the end of the college football playoff championship and I just want to read the stats I wrote down watching the game because yesterday on the show I told everybody Michigan's offensive line too big and powerful they're going to run over Washington especially in the second half I was kind of wrong on that Michigan did not dominate in the second half but listen to these rushing yards total in the first half there was second quarter seven minutes left the rushing yards total 188 for Michigan 20 for Washington. Then it was up to 208 for Michigan, 20 for Washington. Then in the fourth quarter, 283 rushing yards for Michigan, 41 for Washington. Michigan's defense, just too big, strong, fast. It was a different level of athlete. Just a different game last night from anything Washington had seen this year. The Pac-12 defenses are soft. They don't play against anything the level of Michigan's D. And uh, hey, it was a great season. Great season for the Washington Huskies. Great season for Michael Penix. I'm rooting for you, man. I just don't see you coming into the NFL and rocking things. Last night you were just thrown off your back foot all the time. That might work a little bit in the in college, but in the pros, you're going to get in trouble when you do stuff like that. Did you have any comments on the uh, the national championship game last night, Benny? No, I just uh, n- nothing big. I mean, I, I just wanted to say that I also thought that Michigan was going to win, and uh, <laughs> I, I got a guy at my work. His name's Andrew. He's one of my other managers, and that kid has been saying every single day this week, just out of nowhere, oh, I can't believe Michigan's going to win the championship. Can't believe Michigan's going to win the championship all week long. And Andrew, uh, 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 yep, yeah, Andrew. He's uh, he's apparently uh, got some ESPN. And uh, he knew it was going to happen. I like it. Maybe we need to have Andrew in the studio one of these times. Or at least to call. Andrew, do you want a free uh, lift ticket to Loon Mountain? If you do, 603-224-1450. That's the number you call. 603-224-1450. If nobody calls, guess what? I'm going to try and give away two lift tickets tomorrow. That's what uh, we'll see. I'll approach the powers that be here in the radio station, WKXL. I do wonder a lot of times, Mindy, how many people are out there listening to me as I talk. I know what downloaded shows... There's, there's a bunch of people that go and listen to me after the fact, but live on the air, it's 10 to 11. What are your thoughts on people who listen to radio during 10 to 11 during the day? Well, I think most of them are probably, like, for instance, I listen to the radio all day, and I'm busy at my work. I'm always, always, always doing something, prepping food, cutting stuff up, filling buckets, whatever it may be. And from 10 to 11, I'm a busy guy, and lunch is starting to happen, customers are coming in. So I'll, I'll listen, and I will certainly dream about winning those prizes, but I'm never going to dial those, those numbers because I just don't have time. Interesting. Well, in, in the radio business, I mean, drive time hours are the most elite or, uh, I guess, most listened to radio hours. I think in the morning that might be something from like 6 to 10 or maybe 7 to 9 if you wanted to really break it down. And then in the afternoon hours of drive time, something like 4 to, to 6 I yeah, know yeah. the the competing sports talk radio programs they get staggered on both Massachusetts based uh, stations 985 and 937 EEI and uh, the Sports Hub they go with their shows from 6 to 10 then from 10 to 2 
than from 2 to 6. I like being on the 10 to 11 hour because I think the 10 to 2 competitors at those two stations just aren't nearly as good as, as I am, or maybe now as, as we are on Tuesdays. Well, after lunchtime, your brain starts getting tired because you're already thinking about going home. But, you know, in the morning, everybody's still waking up. And honestly, I think a lot of people don't call radio stations just because they assume there's going to be too many people ahead of them and they're never going to get through in the first place. But I say it. Call. Call in. Come get some free tickets to go ski at Loon Mountain. Call WKLX 1019-1039 and get those skis on. Let's go. WKXLNHTalkRadio.com. Yeah, 603-224-1450 is the number. And I will tell you. The phone lines here sometimes do get backed up. Sometimes, yep, yeah, it's crowded. But when you get through and you do get on the air, the good thing about the sports machine with Slim is we have people uh, stay on the air. I like to hear people's take. If you've got something good you want to offer about the Celtics, you want to offer it about the Bruins, I want you to come on the air, share it, and have some back and forth. And if you want to get involved with the show and watching the growth, because this is only our fifth week, I'd love to have you involved. What if they want to share something good about the Patriots? I'm fine with it. In fact, we probably should have started out with the, the Patriots song, the parody that you had put together we played last week. And I think if you come back next week, we will we will use that maybe to intro sure. and exit from our, our episodes here. But yeah, for people that don't know, Mindy was on last Tuesday, and he had created a, a Patriots parody compilation about how the team has not been very good since Tom Brady has left the building. Yeah, they've been pretty awful. It happens. It happens to the best of teams out there. It happens to the worst of teams. Most teams in the NFL go through some serious period of struggle. This is the Sports Machine with Slim, WKXL Radio. You can always listen to us live, nhtalkradio.com, or you can, like I said, listen to past episodes on demand, no commercials, nhtalkradio.com. On the radio live, we are 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, and 101.9 FM in Manchester. We got one more commercial break. We're coming back to wrap things up. talking about Charles Hoskinson, and I know most people have no idea who he is. You know, multi, 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 multi-millionaire. One of the smartest people on the planet. Seems like a relatively nice, nice guy, too. And so that's why I'm a huge fan. I like to surround myself with people who are good people. When Mitty, who has graced us with his presence in the studio today, when... Uh, he told me that, yeah, he had found a wallet and returned the $800 plus. And I said, okay, that's the type of person I want to be associated with. What we're trying to do with the Sports Machine with Slim is really build out a listening audience. I don't have a ton of friends, just so you people know. I've run my own business for 20 years in an office by myself. And now get into radio within the last couple of months, trying to build up a listening audience from the 10 to 11 hour. Not easy, but I appreciate everybody who's latching on and paying attention and trying to get involved with this. And as Mitty just said during commercial breaks, hey, we're going to grow things. So what I want to try to do is really create that sense of like teamwork. And to do this today, Mitty is in the studio and guess who else is? 
Mitty has a family member, a new family member this week, Damien, his son who would like to come on the air. Mitty, do you want to introduce him maybe a little bit better than I did? Absolutely. So last week we had my son Braden, and Braden uh, Braden was answering with head nods on the radio, but eventually we got him talking. But uh, Damien has uh, a couple of people that he just wanted to say hi to real quick. Because it's cool to be on the radio. So, Damien, we're going to pry that video game phone machine out of your hands as you lay it on the desk. Why don't you say hello? Because some friends that can listen to this, and they're going to think it's cool for you to say hi to them. So go right ahead. Do it. Do you do your best out there. Hi, Mom. Hi, Mom. And hi, Christopher. And hi, Jake. Nicely done. Bam! That's how to bring the thunder. Oh, that ratings are going up. I can hear them. Yeah, that's the way to project right into the microphone. Step up there. Solid. Now he retreats right back to his chair with the video game <laughs> phone player. Oh, that's- that, that kid can phone the heck out of it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we don't need to be watching him. It's great. He hasn't been a disruption at all in the studio. This is the type of, of talk radio I like, where you get kids around, and they're just there and uh, rooting us on to do a great job. And you're doing great so far, Mitty. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And now, as I was just saying about Charles Hoskinson, I just really, if I'm going to do radio for a living, I want to be able to impact the lives of people out there. Like, maybe that's too big of a goal. But if I can't impact anybody's lives out there, not for nothing, like I'm just not going to do it very long. Yeah, why have a voice if you can't use it? That's it. And, and I want to do it for good. So I could kind of joke like, hey, if I found the wallet, if there's 800 cash, you know, maybe slide two of the hundreds into my pocket and turn in the wallet with the 600. No, I'm the type of person I would turn in the whole 800 and say, well, hey, here's my name and address. And nobody claims it. You know, maybe give that cash back to me in the future. But I, I want whoever lost this to get it back because I want to do right by my fellow well, human sure. beings. And I mean, if you take 200, God will only smite you like a little bit. You know, and uh, then the rest will be okay. <laughs> well, as I said yesterday, I did not break my New Year's uh, pledge commitment to not gamble in the year 2024 on sporting events. That I might d- have been a mistake. I did not. Well, I would have won some money last night, but I got rewarded. And I am a big, big believer in the power of the book called The Secret, which says that everything that happens to you in your life happens because you want it to. And people shake their head, and it's in the book like, wait a minute, you think I wanted this bad stuff to happen to me? And, of course, people aren't able to accept that. But the, the reality is, with life, is sometimes you got to go through bad struggles to kind of make it out the other end and understand, like, wow, those times I went through were so horrible, but now I appreciate the good stuff that much more. So if you can fish your brain out of a negativity cycle, you can latch on to the positivity stuff. Does that sound too like um, unicorns and rainbows stuff? Not at all. I mean, uh, everybody's freaking out about Gypsy Rose Blanchard right now. I don't know if you're familiar with the story. Who's that? I have no idea. She's the the little girl. They got a a documentary about her. They just did a Netflix show about her. She was uh, a little girl born uh, and her mother was an absolute psychopath, and oh. she believed that this kid always needed to be getting medical treatment, even though she was healthy. Did a whole bunch of horrible, torturous things to her. Oh, God. Made her sit in a wheelchair, even though she could walk. She just got out of jail recently, and now she's finally getting to live a real life. And uh, the story is absolutely wild. But her mother, uh, her and her boyfriend actually murdered her mother because she was so so mean and horrible. Look at where and, uh, things are going. I try to keep this show uplifting. <laughs> her mother used to say, sometimes the only way out is through. And I believe that uh, absolutely. And sometimes things get hard and sometimes you just have to say, this is what it is and I need to go through it to become the stronger person on the other side. 
uh, an amazing way to look at things, I suppose. That, it's it's always staying on the positive side, right? Always look on the Half bright full. side of things. That's it. A- anything. I've been through incredible struggles in my life. Times where you doubt yourself. Why is this happening? Why do I keep seeming to get bad luck and bad things? But I always had some positive hope in my heart. And I think there's lots of people out there who maybe don't aren't lucky enough to have as much positive hope. I, I sometimes just looking around the world, Mitty, I feel like things are getting a little bit worse day by well, day. Well, turn the news on. There's nothing good on it, and I know that's a little cliche to say. But uh, my wife and I were just talking about that the other day. We don't even watch the news anymore because you turn it on and, and there's never anything good. There's never cat found. There's never child, uh, you know, helped somebody. There's always a fire and a, and a shooting and a stabbing and, and, and drugs. And it's, that's the world we live in. And uh, lately I've been seeing so many things that are so close to home, like these, these awful things happening all around. And uh, it, it can be a little disheartening, but somebody in my neighborhood just over the weekend, there was a car with three people. They, uh, I didn't know there were three people at the time, but I was watching outside my window. Car pulls in front of my. It's it's dark outside, so I couldn't see. Car pulls in front of my driveway where the mailboxes. Kind of stops there for five seconds. So I perk up. Oh, is that the mail person? I didn't think so. Then they start a very crawl, slow crawl down the street, maybe two miles per hour. Huh, that was odd. But then they go past. Okay, there it is. Well, I see on social media an hour later, there was a car with three people in it who approached one of the houses saying they were a cleaning company, and that house was like, this did not happen. So my assumption is these people were probably the same individuals who went through the mailbox. I'm like, you know, in this town in New Hampshire, it's just, it just kind of stinks that that's what's going on out here, and that's not even bad, right? Oh, Look at what? what's going on in the you, world. You want to talk about something real bad. Um, Don't go too bad. No, this is bad. On Sunday around 1 o'clock, I watched the Patriots play the Jets. Uh, I don't know if I really want to talk about it, but they they played the Jets, and uh, they lost to the Jets for the first time. And I think, uh, what, 12 games? 15, and the Jets were doing snow angels. (laughs) <laughs> in, yes, they were in the end zone Brees in the Hall. Gillette Stadium. Yeah, Brees yeah. Hall after his 178 yards and a touchdown. That guy, he is unstoppable. He's like a he's like a a, a freight train coming down the field. You ain't gonna get in his yeah. way. Yeah, didn't he have something like 37 carries? 37 or carries for yeah, 178 I, yards yeah, and a touchdown. I, I don't agree with that strategy by Robert Sala. I'll say that from the Jets coach. You're in the last game of the year. It's meaningless. You got your best player out there. He was injured last year after three or four games. The dude was a rock star for me as a rookie to last year on my fantasy team. I have him this year. <laughs> yeah, he got injured and was out for the remainder of the season and now this year he's come back, has had an excellent year. Why do you need to give the dude 38 carries? It's the last game, it's meaningless and you could say ah, whatever, he's got a whole offseason to... to heal up, but it's just not necessary, dude. No. You don't you don't need to, to just ride one guy like that that much. Not at all, especially when you're you're playing in a snowstorm like that and you know the Patriots aren't coming back. I mean, did, did you mm-hmm. see how sloppy that game was? How many dropped passes there were? Yeah, the ball's slippery, but I mean, the, how'd the game end? Bailey Zappi throws a, an interception. You know, they get the ball, they're coming down. They fumble it. The Patriots get the ball back. We finally have another chance. There's life in the Patriots and another interception to seal the deal. Horrific. That's why you said you watched this horror Horrible, horrible, horrible thing as we transition back into the sports talk. I love it. What's and I'll happen? watch every game, too. As bad as it is, I'm coming back for more. What's going to happen with Belichick? Is he coming back next season? Why is he the only coach in the NFL right now that we don't know the, the future of? Why all the Arthur Smith, gone. You know, And they're announcing it. Bill Belichick, eh, we don't know. 
the Monday after the last weekend is typically the day when the coaches go down and get their marching orders to, to get packed up or whatever. But with Belichick, I think Dave, my brother Dave, has been on the radio here over the past handful of weeks, and he's been telling us that if Belichick's going to leave, it's going to be his decision. So maybe it's just a kind of chess-playing game. Belichick's playing chess, and uh, Robert Kraft's playing Check. checkers. You know what? I want, I want an answer to something, too. Um, what... Um, Oh, crap, I just lost my train of thought. It Sorry. happens. A lot I'm of thinking about on check the radio, as a ch- chess. Um, <laughs> Rook, but, um, Rook to uh, um, King, King Five, whatever. I don't know anything about chess, but uh, we got about uh, two minutes left so on this show, Mitty. I, I just want to ask then, uh, you know, viewers and listeners, think about this for the week until we talk to you next week. What do you want to do? Do you want to say Bill Belichick had a great 20 years, he's earned the right to, to kind of hang around, or do you want to say the last four years have been so horrible that this is a business and we should let him go? I want him to come back because I've watched the coaching. I said it yesterday nonstop. I've watched the coaching of the other teams. These coaches are horrible in-game adjustment managers. They're horrible clock managers. And at least when I watch the Patriots, for the most part, Belichick's got a handle on that stuff. But... He just doesn't know how to draft right. players on the he, offensive he knows side the of game. the ball. Oh, 100%. He, the the game. he just doesn't know the players. That's well, it. but he, they never quit. The Patriots this season and the throws are just a horrible season on, on the heels of like each season getting worse since Brady's left. This team never quit. You, the Chargers coach, Brandon Staley, he got fired three weeks ago because his team lost on a Thursday night 70-15 to 15 or whatever it was. The week after, the Raiders had only scored like three points in their game. They came back and scored 70 against it. Their team quit. Yep. Be- the Patriots never quit like that on Belichick. No. No, they don't. Unfortunately, we got to quit on the show for today, Mitty. Well, I hope everybody has a great week out there. Make it happen, everybody. You can do it. Stay positive. This is the Sports Machine with Slim and Mitty signing off today. WKXL Radio, 103.9 FM Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester. AM dials 1450. NHTalkRadio.com. We'll be back tomorrow between 10 and 11.